Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Storybox podcast. My name is Jay Phantom, and I'm your host. Today, guys, I thought I'd change things up, so we'll be back with Reflection Fridays next week, hopefully, if all things go according to plan. Uh, But this week, I decided to do something very different and do a very special episode with you guys uh, with a very special guest. His name is James Dutton, and he is the founder and CEO of a company called NutriCare, which basically provide natural, innovative healthcare products around the world because he can and it's in his DNA. Now, most of you would actually know or have seen some of the products on the shelves that NutriCare provides, one of them being Patch, which is a Band-Aid, which is non-adhesive. There's no chemicals lurking in it. And I've used this product in the past and I've found that the product itself is honestly amazing. You know, with a normal Band-Aid, you put on your your wound, it will shrivel it up because of all the chemicals that are found within it. It doesn't allow it to breathe. But with Patch, I've found that this product actually works wonders. It doesn't uh, constrict the wound at all. It enables the wound to heal or naturally and organically because of the fact of the way that it's made. It's made out of this very unique um, bamboo fiber that addresses the wound. So, and basically, uh, James and I get talking about how he actually founded this company in the first place, the story behind it, how he uncovered that his young son, Charlie, was reacting to uh, common wound dressings like I do in the past as well, until he came up with a solution. And the story behind how Patch and NutriCare came about is quite fascinating. So I know you guys are going to get a lot out of it still. And more in this episode, James gets to talking about his definition of success, what that means to him, how he went and struggled with COVID at the moment. Now, this man, I kid you not, he 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 looked really, really tired, but he was still full of energy. How he actually remains positive, how he keeps his business going through tough times. And he has a quote here. Why does he do what he do? Why does he do what he does? Because every household needs cleaner, more natural innovations to combat our health, wellness, environmental challenges. James is an awesome human being. I really enjoyed this chat. So without me going on and on and on, you guys know what time it is. It's time for me to shut up and to dive into the story box today. Hope you guys enjoy it with James Dutton. 
Well, everyone, I'm delighted to welcome James Dutton to the Storybox podcast today. Now, James is the founder of the brand called Patch. Now, I'm going to allow James to explain that in a moment, but before that, I just want to welcome you so much to Storybox podcast. Mate, thanks so much for having us. Uh, it's, look, it's, uh, it's exciting times. It's pretty, pretty nerve-wracking times around the world at the moment, and I uh, appreciate reaching out. Yeah, no, absolute pleasure, man. Brittany connected us and I'm so glad that she did. Uh, really interested by what she had to tell me in the email, but there's always reading something that someone sends you and there's always hearing it from the person themselves. So there's two sides to every every aspect. So I'm curious to know, I guess, more about your backstory in a moment and why you decided to start Patch, what it is yep. so people can get a, a broad understanding of it. And before we do that, I have one question that I love asking people, and that is, what is your definition of success? Ah, uh, good question. <laughs> really good stopper. Um, definition of success uh, for me uh, is about <sighs> my big goal uh, is to to create a cleaner, better world uh, with what we do uh, without trying to sound too to uh, story boxed. Um, my goal is to basically make cleaner and better products for, for people around the world. And as we've, we started from a little product uh, such as Patch, uh, we've really got our hands dirty and, and, and got to the grassroots with a lot of problems in the FMCG space and, and look at shape-shifting that. So I think my, my definition of success is making change um, mm. and enjoying what we do. Yeah, uh, and probably probably just enough time to enjoy it. That's the hard part when you get caught up with the business in the startup mode, and you you get entrenched in in the in the uh, in the day to day operations of it. You actually do miss out on the opportunity to stop and breathe and 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 give yourself gratitude for what what's been done. Um, so we're in that sort of phase, and it's sort of happened in the last few months in time. We've had quite a bit of change, obviously happening around the world, and realizing what a powerful team that we've put together behind the brand um, and how they've actually stepped up to the plate and performed throughout this uncertain time for us for everyone around the world has been that's been probably my my biggest tick of success at the moment is mm. is how everybody's come together mm. that's good man good good explanation and I'm curious to know where this idea of success came from for you was it a gradual thing over time that you sort of realized it or was there a catalyst moment like you mentioned, what's going on in the world right now, was that part of you sort of forming a definition or was there something before that? Uh, it was well before that. It was, um, look, I've had, I've had many businesses, I've had successes and I've had failures along the way. Um, so combining a lot of the knowledge I've had previously and applying to this business is probably part of the roadmap of my life. Um, however, this business started because my son had a reaction to a, a dressing that I put on his skin uh, to repair a wound, thinking I was doing the right thing as a father. Um, it uh, it caused a severe uh, blistering of the skin and then swelling and uh, and a bad reaction. And the more products I tried on his skin, the more the pro- more the same problems happened with with what I could buy off the shelf. Um, so when I looked into what was wrong with him and how we can fix him for. For the future, I was like I was fortunate at the time. I actually jumped out of a family business, and um, and we had time out down the coast in in Mount Eliza in Victoria. And I had the, just had the time around me to to look at what 
what's wrong with him really is just having that pause moment to, to assess what was wrong with him. The more I looked into it, the more I found that he wasn't the only one in the market was 20 to 25% globally had the same issues and nothing was being addressed. So mm. we, we started making uh, uh, handmade strips at home, made out of bamboo fibre uh, because my wife was using bamboo fabric with her, another beautiful range of products in the market um, called Jack Organics and they make organic baby wipes out of uh, bamboo fibre as well and and essential oils. So we, we had the resources in front of us. We had a problem in front of us, so I just set out to fix it. And yeah. that's where it all, all started. Wow. Were you ever worried about the competition? Um, I think if you worry about them too much, you distract from where you want to get to. So what I saw was 25% of the global population who had a problem with the market. So I looked at us as being a... Um, not so much a competitive uh, issue in the market. I, I looked at this as, as lifting a category value and adding value to to people who couldn't use anything on the shelf. But in turn, that's now reflected into everybody being able to use a product now that's more natural um, because we use bamboo fibre and bamboo gauze. Our products are fully 100% compostable. So uh, we've removed plastic out of our production. We don't have any latex. Um, so we've got some a real big point of difference that we're adding value to a category rather than coming in and trying to say we're better than you. Mm. So we, we haven't really had to have that fight, mm. um, which is nice. That, that's interesting because I, we'll get to, I guess, beginning patch and, and the the challenges and what, what that took in a moment. But you mentioned there for a moment you were in business with your family. Was that correct? Yeah, I was. I was in my uh, family business. Um, my family's involved in the automotive industry and it's been around now since – 1911, um, and uh, I separated from that business uh, in 2015. Um, uh, prior to that, I had another couple of smaller businesses that we, we were trying to get off the ground. We got one up to a very, very large level. I got caught with the, the global financial crisis um, that caused an issue, um, and you learn from those things. We lost a lot of money at the time from those. However, the, you know, obviously the little things that we learnt along the way are sort of propelling this business in the in the right way. So um, mm. it's one of those things. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, the, the family's still involved in the car industry. Um, I'm not. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've got a very successful line of business now with, with Patch and NutriCare. Mm. Why did you decide to leave the family business in the first place? Um, it was probably a combination of a few things, uh, a few different directions with the business. Um, it wasn't sort of gelling with what the way, the way I was wanting to go in my, my career path. And uh, we all came to a mutual decision to, to separate and, and that's when we moved down to Mount Eliza. And mm. about two months later, uh, this problem happened with my youngest son, Charlie, and, and caused this issue. So uh, that was the reason why I had the time to, to apply mm. to this. And what what did you found what have you found that you love the most about being in business in the first place? Um, I love the people. I love the, the the passion that you can sort of encourage and get out of people towards uh, you know what they apply themselves to and and what they want to achieve as far as goals. I love love the fact that you can actually empower someone to be outside of their comfort zone, um, mm. give them a voice, and let them let them be themselves and and enjoy what we're doing together. Um, mm. That's one of the biggest things with such rapid growth of what we've had. Um, we started in uh, 
in Australia in, in retail uh, in October, pretty much it was on the shelf in October 2017. Um, Within the you know very short period of time, we're in Europe. Uh, we then went to America, and we're now in 34 countries around the world in, yeah. in 24 retailers. So it took us from a, a very rapid growth, but the problem with that is you lose the ability to celebrate the little wins and the milestones along the way. So mm. um, yeah, it's uh, I, that's the most thing I enjoy doing that the most with the, with the team. I remember when Patch first came on the shelf. And because my family is all organic, you know, we're looking for natural products. We don't necessarily like all the chemicals uh, that are found in most products today and, you know, because of skin, rashes, and we don't really use uh, Band-Aids. We normally just, you know, patch it up for uh, maybe an hour or two hours, but we're looking for something that didn't leave a, like, leave your finger. You know, when you tape it, it yeah. uh, makes it all, like, shriveled up and, and kind of ruins yeah. the the skin. And when yep. this came up on the shelf, I was, I was intrigued. My mum was intrigued. So we bought some and we used it. And I have to say, it's an amazing product. Like no, thank you. it didn't leave my finger shriveled up. It didn't cause any damage to my, my wound or anything like that. It basically was just an enabler. It was comfortable. It worked well. And I was able to take it off within the hour and not have any, damage <laughs> so you know we've, we've got some in the house i think somewhere but we've never had to use a, a band-aid for ages now because we're we're all older but the the yeah. point the point being is you've created a product that was in needed to be in demand and what were some of the the biggest challenges that you had to face with making this product um the the, the biggest challenge i suppose is keeping up with um uh, the growth of of where we wanted to go. Um, it's one of those products. I hope that uh, it's one of my one of my sayings is the fact that I hope you never have to wear one um, uh, for our customers. But it's um, it's one of those things. Is the challenges are is like any any business. It's about um, trust and growth. Uh, where your where your vision is. Does your vision align to the business the business goals where you want to get to? How you want to do it. Um, so I think I think a lot of the time that the challenges of um, you know not uh, develop I mean de developing a product from scratch is one thing um, expanding it and keeping up with the demand is another um, so I think we've had multiple of different challenges along the way but it's one of those things once when you're caught up in it and you've got um, passion of people around you nothing's really become too big of a problem uh, we've always worked together as a as a team and. And got around the right, you know, the hurdles as we get over them. Um, I believe that you can always trip up and fall. It's not going to hurt anybody getting a few grazes, but we all try and sort of stop that and cushion it along the way. So I, I'm a bit different from a lot of business direction when it comes down to what are the hurdles. Uh, but I don't think we've really we've always had hurdles. If you're not putting out, you know, if you're not dealing with hurdles every day of of, of uh, running a business, you're not running a business properly, I suppose, no. but um, we've been pretty fortunate with it all. And what would you say has been your biggest lesson? I mean, you mentioned there that your that your son had an allergic reaction to to the uh, the previous tapes and everything like that. As a father, having to go through that and trying to find a solution for that, what would you say was your biggest lesson in that respect, but also 
your biggest lesson having to start the business and get it to different countries and and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, um, I think yeah, it's it's just the alignment of um, you know like-minded people. Uh, that's the that's the initial hardest part. Is obviously once once I started the journey of getting the products out to market further than our shores and getting it around the world is is the ability to um, assess the right people that you've got working with you and and obviously the trust comes into play there. So I think we've learnt lessons along the way there in certain ways. Um, I do apologise, my phone is ringing. Um, but we've learnt lessons along the way there. Um, but I think they're probably the biggest challenges. Um, uh, I'm not a micromanager in any shape or form with our team, but... Um, You've got to know that you've got your back covered when you when you are going out to market like that and um, and growing um, growing in the way that we did. We had a few little holes that we had to patch up and pardon the pun, but <laughs> we got through them. Um, but it's yeah, it's every business has got a little bit of a different challenge along the way, but they've all got the same underlying um, key points. It's always you know it always looks rosy on the outside and. It looks successful and big and bold and the brand's growing. But on the back end of that, there's a lot of complexities that come along the way and, and how you sort of grow yourself and apply the team to grow them, grow with it. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I always say it's kind of like the iceberg, you know. Everyone always sees the tip of it, what's what's good, and but no one ever seems to see the the underneath part, which is like the biggest no. part. It's like the yep. the working machine, you know, almost. You've got all the failures, all the hard work, all the, the days where you feel flat, deflated, all these things that come into play with running a business and you sort of got to work out, well, how can I get over this? And it's like a day-to-day recurrence. Like it's not – it doesn't not stop. <laughs> so it, no. And what would you say to a young person wanting to actually get into business? Um, probably get uh, you know go if you if you if you really truly believe in what you want to do and where you want to go, um, that's the number one. Um, build yourself up for resilience. Um, Realise that you're never going to get the the golden yes on everything that you do. Um, uh, if I gave you the list of yeses, I'd, I'd probably have four times the amount of nos in the <laughs> in the mix of that. So yeah. get ready for the fight. Um, and it is it is. I, I think the biggest thing what I've 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 learned the fact is I don't give up. You know, it's just one of those things. Is uh, resilience is the key behind all of this. You can, you know, where I want to get to this this business too uh, is a lot bigger, a lot greater than I I'd probably scare half the team with some of the visions that I've got. But um, and you don't want to be labelled as being a, you know, uh, a, you know, being a visionary is one thing, but being a, a complete lunatic is another. And I think half <laughs> them would think I'm a lunatic if I if I told them all the stuff uh, initially. But um, it's, yeah, it's the challenge of starting a business is really just learning to be solid and and belief in what you're doing. Um, I believe anybody can make a success out of something or anything. Um, just don't give up. Mm. Um, that's the biggest thing is get ready for a few knockdowns. I have, um, I have this saying that uh, you're more than welcome to use in your team team meetings and everything like that, but it's be persistent to remain consistent. And I that. Yeah, so I, I came up with this probably uh, beginning of this year actually and it was and sort of like a light bulb moment where yeah. I was like, well, this is what happens when I am persistent 
And if I'm not persistent in this, I won't be consistent at it. You know, yeah. like I've never been good at procrastinating either. Like I'm not one of those people that uh, puts things off for tomorrow or I'm very organized, very scheduled, but I also have leeway to enjoy my life at the same time, but also run my business in the way that I feel that it's necessary to grow it. Yep. And yep. this idea of being persistent, if you don't constantly do the thing that you actually want to do, nothing's going to get done. It's like, if you, no. there's another quote that I have, if you tell yourself you can't, you won't. If you tell yourself you can, you will. Like mm. though they both go hand in hand and it's almost like, okay, well, I know this now I've got to put it into practice. <laughs> so I can tell myself everything under the sun, but if I don't yeah. actually follow through with it, it's just words. And there's another Please. thing that goes along with that, which is words are cheap. Actions are expensive. So yeah. value your actions above just mere words, but be a, a man of your word or a person of your word, I should say as well, which is, it seems to me, and it sounds like to me, uh, James, that you are, and you've worked really, really hard to build patch to where it is today. You mentioned that uh, it's now in, I believe, 30 something, 35 countries. Yeah, 34 countries. 30, 34 countries. I added another one there because that's that's coming, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, right. yeah. Isn't there like 193 countries in the world? No, it's 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 a, it's a lot. We're a fair way off, mate. Don't worry about <laughs> that. But we're, we're growing. What's uh? What's um, your what's your biggest country in terms of supply and demand? Um, probably in the in most recent time, it is right now. Anyway, it's taken over, which is the United States of America, um, the US, um, uh, and uh, it's really sad and really heartwarming, heart, heartfelt to see what's going on over there at the moment, especially with. Mm. Um, you know, business to our team um, and just the sheer uh, disregard for human uh, human life and human... Tate. It's just, it, it, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's really, really difficult to take considering we've been there for quite some time now and we've, we've connected very, very closely with them. They've been very loyal supporters of what we're doing. Um, it's just a, a heartfelt... Uh, wish that uh, everybody does treat everybody equally and live life um, as we all should, right, um, mm. with a voice. Um, uh, it's a real heart side. So that's that's my biggest market, but it's also to my saddest market at the moment. Mm. You're, also, um, you're also trying to make a difference as well with your, your company and, and brand, Patch. And yep. you mentioned that a little bit in, in the introduction as well, that you are trying to make a difference, whether it's, on the on the uh, global environment as well, but also in in individuals' lives, and yep. in terms of actually, what sort of impact do you want to want to leave on people? Um, I want to leave as probably the, as far as my footprint. I want to leave as small a footprint as possible because ultimately our products are made so they will fully compost in the soil. The, the tube will break down. It's one of those nice things that we've actually got a product that physically is made from commercialisation through to the retail shelves in a format whereby I don't care what impact it has after that because the product will break down no matter what. Um, so as far as our impact on the world and uh, in people's lives, it shouldn't have any impact. We shouldn't be left behind at all. Um, when it comes down to the goodwill and support behind the brand and how we've helped people, there's a lot of people out there that 
we mightn't think of being a very big thing about covering a wound or a scrape or something like that, but we've had mothers and various different people around the world write to us. There's my little <laughs> walking past the background of me. Um, but we've had various mothers and people around the world writing to us saying we can't believe how much they've changed their life because they can now let their kids run out and play in the garden. They're not worried about them falling over and, and hurting themselves um, with... Uh, with cuts and scratches and then getting infected. So um, I just sometimes you just wonder about how such a small little thing can actually change dramatically uh, people's day-to-day uh, lifestyle and what they do. So um, it's really fortunate that we've, we've got a business that makes us feel good about what we do um, and uh, it allows us to, you know, it's a feel-good business, right? You're basically you're selling a product that doesn't impact the, the world helps people around the world, whether it be uh, for anyone who can't wear anything or everybody else in the, in the whole platform, all the way through to, you know, it, it's the running the B Corp business side of things, which is my, whereby we're doing profit with purpose and, and giving back wherever we can. So last year alone, I think we planted just on 20,000 trees to offset my flights and travel. Um, and then ongoing now, what we're doing around the world with with various groups in Haiti to East Timor, there's a lot more behind this business than the front-end product that sits on the shelf. Mm. Um, we've always always been truthful and stuck to our word on that to make sure we do make a change and make impact with what we do. But mm. on the consumer side, I wish there's no footprint or no impact left after we've, after we've mm. done our job. That's really good, James. Really good to hear that. Honestly, what yeah. would what would you say is your biggest fear currently? Um, my biggest fear currently is probably the the global current global climate. Um, uh, looking at what's happening across the US, um, what's happening in um, uh, in various different areas around the world, with you know uh, everything from the virus through to political issues and. And uh, and human humanity issues. There's a lot of things happening all at once. Um, it's probably the 2020 has been a real hard start to the year for us as well. I mean, we went through fires in Australia, to um, the virus, mm. through to most recently floods now in our production facility and dealing with loss of materials, through to now a human rights issue across America. It's. I think if we can get through this first half of this year, it's. Uh, a testament to how strong the brand's got within a very short period of time. Mm. How do you how do you motivate yourself, man? Like, how do you keep yourself positive? <laughs> that's how. That's little, how. Little, little, foot, little footsteps that run around behind you, and uh, unfortunately, it's banging doors at the moment. So I do apologise about the noise, but um, it's it's the little footsteps, little little footsteps that walk around us, and 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 the belief that. Um, I do have one of the biggest things, what the underlying thing about what you were saying before about how do you, you know, your, your core um, mission and what you, you know, how you drive yourself and apply yourself. The underlying thing behind all of what you were saying before there is belief. Yeah. If you don't believe in what you're, you're here to do and what your, what your goal is or where you want to get to or where your vision is of what you want to do, uh, that's when you stop. Yeah, you know, you, you need to you need to reset. You need to think about what you do. Um, my belief is we're always going to get there. Um, yeah. My belief is we're going to get to where we want to be. I, I want to get NutriCare up on a global stage with multiple products in different categories that make a change in category that add value. We're never going to replicate 
other products on the on the shelf. We want to make things better. Um, and if we're doing that, we want to take it to the public, which means we want to float NutriCare on a global scale and, and, and allow the public to be involved in it. Mm. Um, that's my ultimate goal. Um, we want to set up our own manufacturing. We want to do a whole series of different things globally that, that make change and, and we can control what we do and be ethical around what we do as far as the whole process of manufacturing all the way through to the consumer use of education as well. Mm, that's really good, James. I'm curious to know, we're talking about change quite a bit and it seems to be this theme in either the media or what's going on in the world as as part of, you know, political problems and the dilemmas that are happening, happening in terms of hate and nothing seems to actually be changing over there. And I'm curious to know from your perspective, how can someone actually bring about change? Is it actually possible in that sense? I, I think yeah, I think I think they can. I think there's a difference between like genuine ethical change and change for profit, right? Yeah. Um, and the racketeering that comes around from profit, you know, profiting from pandemics or profiting from um, you know making statements. I think I think the brand needs to be solid behind where it's going and needs to have a good team in in the space of. They'd be thinking not just about the biggest things in the whole thing. Like most recently, we we shifted our uh, in our in our shipping containers with our products coming from the factory, they were getting shipped out with plastic tape. Um, it mightn't be thinking about a big thing, but if you start putting, you know, um, at the time I think we had about fifteen hundred shipping container or shipping boxes, you know, in a container, three point six meters worth of uh, tape to a box to seal it up, mm-hmm. um, equates to a fairly significant amount of plastic tape per shipment. So little things like that, thinking about the ethical little stamp that you can put on small things, the way you clean, the, re, the way you recycle, how how much you stick to your word on it. It's a bit like your routine and your your systematic way that you go about your business. It just needs to be reinforced and, and focused on like with a, with a business. Um, mm. uh, and, and the more we can, yeah, everybody's not going to do it right the first time. We've got to think about how do we, like I didn't develop perhaps to be a fully eco-focused product. It was about what's what's an easier non-reactive state that I could put on my son's skin. Mm. Um, and it just so happened to be that we actually were able to make the product fully compostable and, and out of natural, product, natural components. And then the first product came out with a biodegradable film on it. So we weren't perfect at that point, but the product was fully, the, the physical strip was compostable. Mm. Now we've got to a product whereby we just applied ourselves and kept on working it, working it, working it to refine and and, and evolve. Um, everybody can't expect to be heroes overnight. That's no. probably the biggest takeaway. You, you're never going to be that way. Uh, you know, all this talk that I, you know, I, I hope and, and pray that it's actually getting to a point where it's going to be realistic, um, like Coca-Cola removing plastic bottles um, and working with more sustainable footprint about the way they deliver their products, right through to water manufacturers. You know, you hope one day that all of this will actually make sense and they actually apply it rather than using it as a PR spin and, and driving people to believe that they're a good company. Mm even though they haven't delivered the, the, the good products yet. Um, you know, that's the sort of thing that we, I really hope for other businesses that, that follow our way of doing things and do things right. That's, yeah. It's a big takeaway. I think ethics as a whole is a very big 
topic to talk about, especially in business, because it always comes under fire by, okay, is, is it ethical enough to to actually do it? And if it's not, then, you know, it always comes under the, the financial aspect as well. Yep. So yep. how much money am I going to lose if I'm going to be ethical in this situation? Yep. You know, and, and for a business sense, it's almost like, well, I'm going to try my absolute best in quotation marks to be ethical and do the right thing for the environment. But then how much is it going to cost me to do that? <laughs> so yeah. it, it's a big question, but it sounds like for you, James, and what you've been able to do with the actual product itself, you've been able to be not only ethical about it, you've been able to give back, you've been able to make a product that has made change in, you know, it's made change in my life as well. And it's made change in probably countless others too. So I just want to honor you for that, James, and, and just say I'm appreciative of what you've been able to do and the resilient attitude that you have towards it all, even going through the hard yards. Mate, you look absolutely mm. exhausted right now. I hope you don't mind me saying that. Um, <laughs> but but There's been lots, lots of long nights at the moment because we've got uh, Europe and US and, and, uh, and hoping that uh, – Hoping these guys are safe. That's my my worry at the moment. That's where uh, where we hope that uh, over time they um, can get through this patch. Um, uh, not not aligning my products to their problems, um, but um, I really, really, our hearts are really and minds are really concentrating on them at the moment. So that's why I'm mm. probably looking a bit drawn. But uh, I completely understand you, mate. Great. I'm feeling really happy and feeling feeling healthy within myself, and and the and the focus is about there. So. Um, that sort of thing's all good. Don't worry, the time zones kill me too. I mean, like <laughs> I, I speak to a lot of people from the states and and the UK as well. And you know, I'm I'm normally a morning person anyway. But when it comes to the UK, it's always nighttime, and that's when my yeah. brain is sort of shutting off. So all the interviews that I do at night, I'm sort of like worried that it's not going to be the best because I'm I'm starting to fizzle out. <laughs> <laughs> but even even like at one or two o'clock in the morning, man, I'm just getting emails and responding to emails in the morning. Yep. Otherwise, you miss the opportunity, you know. So that's it. So I mean, majority of uh, majority of the time at the moment, it starts at about four a.m. Melbourne time now yep. uh, with the US, and then by the time I'm sort of finished and got the kids to bed, and then I've taken the last range of phone calls, it can be anywhere up till you know midnight. So it's a long day, right? Um, and that's what I'm talking about, resilience. You've just got to have that fight to keep on motivating yourself into that direction to make sure you're going to get there. So mm. but we're, we're, we're feeling great and uh, might look a bit shabby and tired, but holding up all right. Inside, <laughs> you're, you're all good, mate. So that, that's, yeah, that's really good, that's good to good. hear. What are some things, my last question for you, James, is what are some things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis that keeps you in that positive spirit? Um, uh, I talk to a lot of people. I listen um, a hell of a lot more now than what I what I what I have done in the past. Um, my my daily routine at the moment has changed a little bit now that the kids are back in school. And we've actually settled back in Australia. We were based overseas for quite some time. Mm. Um, so my morning routine now, my morning ritual is to to walk my son to school, which is great. Um, it's not that far for walking, but um, uh, to get into a rhythm of you know hanging out with him in the morning. Doing doing work in between of the, all of that and and just motivating myself. In I'm hanging out for the gyms to back, open back up because it's <laughs> uh, 
one thing that's been eating, uh, irritating me for quite some time is the fact of not being able to go and do it. I can see you've got yours in the background there. So that's my mum's. No, oh, that's your, your <laughs> that's your mum's. So you you are you back in training now? Or you got back in the gym? I haven't I haven't stopped to be honest. Like even okay. even though COVID happened, if they if they locked me in my house, then that would be a problem. But yep. uh, because I've been able to go outside, you know, get in the fresh air, I'm normally up at 4 a.m. in the morning going for a run, uh, getting my mind right, and then when the equipment could open back up again, I was on that again. So, yep. you know, even even before that, I was doing a lot of push-ups, just trying to keep my body, you know, strong, healthy, plus also my mind as well because, you know, you can you have a choice to make in this period of time. There's a lot of negativity happening in in the world it's almost like, well, okay, I can choose to be, I can choose to follow on with the negativity or I can use this time to the best of my ability because that, that's all we had was time. So I used it to strengthen myself, used it for, to focus on the business and do things that I wasn't able to do before because I was just so busy uh, going out all the time to uni or just traveling all, all over the place to do interviews. And now it's sort of like I'm able to do it from the comfort of my own home and yeah. still still have time to just progress in so many other ways as well. Yep. So I know, what you, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's, and that's been the biggest thing too is the fact that all of our, um, our global team have been operating from home now since February um, or the end of February when we first, first made the call. And I've found that, People's productivity has gone up. Um, mm. If anything, you're going to slow them down. Working at different sporadic times and throughout the night and all that sort of thing. But their their concentration and everything's probably that extra hour. Their travelling time, getting to and from the office, has been phenomenally spent in in their welfare. So from mm. my side, it's been been exciting to watch. Um, uh, it's one area that. Uh, I wish that we've been able to apply ourselves in the same way throughout this time, but I've been shifting between countries and re- resetting a home up and, and all that sort of thing. So everyone's had a bit of different things along the way. Um, but I, I found that from the, the whole lockdown scenario that we have been able to be a bit more um, a bit more uh, applied in our way of um, feeling good about what we're doing because we're just getting that little bit of extra time for themselves and mm. ourselves at each day. Um, one thing I have picked up and I have been doing a lot more of it recently is meditation as well yep. and getting my mindset back into it. Um, uh, I'm, yeah, it's one of those things is it, because you've got that double-edged sword at the beginning of the day and middle of the day and the, and the end of the day with the extra extra regions, it, it does it does drain you. But, um, yeah, the mindset is really, I mean, we're, we're sharp. We're really right on the point at the moment and, and making change with the business and, and growing. So, very, very happy. That's good, man. I feel like that's a good way to sort of end our conversation. James yeah, cool. Dunnan, thank you so much for coming on the Storybox podcast and sharing a little bit about your story. Thanks so much, mate. Appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. I don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another incredible story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. 
And before you go, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it will go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.